Yeah, so that's that's my college experience. So you know what? That's that's that. That's that. Very twenty percent nice. on a physics exam. Who needs it? Nobody. No, not me. You know, you know who still got a goddamn degree? Me. You did. So yeah, who I cares? Did. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't do that much better after that. So really shows something. <laughs> you didn't do much. Be- okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> D's get degrees. I graduated with an engineering degree. I fooled them all. (laughs) Because she's a real phony. Because she honestly believes all this phony junk that she believes. I mean it. Yeah, no, we're like friends, I guess. I don't know. Friends? I guess. We're collaborators. To you. (laughs) It's to you. To you. Well, I find you that was very a judgmental face sometimes. you just gave me, Malu. It was the face of an overachiever who does not understand that method and let that logic. Okay, and if you had to do all the stupid idiot math I had to do, you would also hate your life and say, well, you know what, I'll take a D. Well, Katie, that's why I'm not a math numbers person. Neither am I. That um, joke's on me. Joke's on me. Why did you study it? And you want to know? And you want to know why I'm here today, Malu? Global warming. Because of that. No, that's not the reason, actually. Damn. While that's reasons for other things, it's not for mine. <laughs> Damn it. And with that, I'm in film school. It's our film school. We're film school professionals. Welcome to film school professionals, people, class, other Katie's of the world. You did me, the like intro me. completely backwards. Nah, that was that 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 was perfect, Malu. I don't know what you're talking about. It was you're flawless, okay. just like my college education was. No. Okay, you really got me thinking about that. It's nothing I ever want to think about ever again. <laughs> We're starting off so strong. Malu's, just so everyone knows, Malu is face down on her desk <laughs> with her head between her hands. I'm Malu. I'm Katie. And this is Film School Professionals. Your weekly film school podcast brought to you by Guinness. Drotzed out. <laughs> brought to you by two filmmakers, one of which cannot get the intro right, and the other which is on her last nerve. Oh, uh, Who never yikes. went to film school. And we're only a few minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Ooh, I hope no... <laughs> First of all, I hope no one ever says that again. Pcast. <laughs> Second P-cast. of all, I, I hope I, uh, I hope I don't forget about that mistake. You'll <laughs> never let you pcast. Oh, that was. Oh, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've heard something that cringy in a while. And I've been watching great news lately, and a lot of those jokes are pretty. Pcast. <laughs> it's really wanted. Thank you for repeating that. that. Yeah, of course. The podcast, the pod. Welcome to the pod, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what's your intro? What's your welcome? Oh, mine. Fuck. Yeah, you're welcome. You're- no, 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 you're welcome. I said, ladies and gentlemen, and I cut myself off, and I said, oh wait, Malu, what's your? You? No, it's. Um, what's your welcome? It's guys, gals, and non-binary pals. With an accent, and all, ladies and gentlemen. What's the accent? You just had. You say gals. Gals? How do you say? I always struggle with that word. No, I know, I know. That's what I mean. It's cool. You're exotic and mysterious. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> exotic you know what? and I mysterious. Think this is a great Some mysticism episode. right there. This is a great episode already. Oh yeah, no, we're starting off strong. Yeah. 
Let's freaking roll it. Roll it. Rolling. All right, I guess I'll introduce myself. If you don't know me already, I'm Katie Kometz. I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm a filmmaker. And news, I just dropped a, a, a long, old, short film that I did once upon a time. That's a really good intro for it. I yep. know. Um, it's called Bloom. It's on YouTube. You can find it on my Instagram where we will plug momentarily. But guys, please go see it. It's everything yes. that you shouldn't do, but also has the right intentions. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go watch it. Thank you. Yes. Comment everything that you would do differently and we'll have a little conversation and how oh, I'll yeah. agree with you. It'll be fun. Learning experiences. Welcome to school. Woo! Yeah. It's all about constructive criticism. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Mal, who the heck are you? Well, Katie Cat, I'm Malamud Arnes. I'm your other host and your favorite professor. I am a writer. I am a story artist. Not hired, but calling myself that. And none of us are hired, Malu. <laughs> we're doing great. Exactly. And I do illustrations. That's the oh intro we're going for this week. Woo! That's the first time in your intros you haven't questioned yourself. Gabe, can we get a huge round of applause, please? I'm talking stadium-filled <laughs> applause. Yeah. With a little... Yeah, 2002 dogs football team. <laughs> Very you nice. Know, with a white, you know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. Oh, I think it's from the uh, uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot. Weren't they the dogs? Oh, I love that show. With the white sweatshirt and the red outline, like college looking. I can't remember that, the that much detail. Or something? You're you're why you're ahead I? of me on this. I can't remember that much detail in that show like that. I was just about to ask myself, why do I remember that much detail? I don't I don't know. A blessing but... in disguise, perhaps. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> you well, know, speaking handy. of that. Blessing in Disguise, I always thought that taxi show, that taxi cab show where it was a game show in the taxi in New York. What? I always thought that was a blessing in disguise as a kid growing up seeing that show. Sure. I always wanted to be on it, even though I don't know anything. And Gabe will probably laugh at that as he's recording, as he's listening to this recording, because we all know how terrible I am at trivia. I mean, so. yeah, you didn't have to tell me that, but um, I don't know well, what game fun. you're talking about. It would be a joke on them, because they'd be like, welcome to taxi cab, and I'd be like, oh my god, yeah. And then they'll be like, ask me the first que- first three questions, and I don't know any of them. And I'm like, can I phone a friend? And they're like, Katie, you've already used all of your phone to friends. Please answer the question or get out. They just push you out of the car. Just out, out. Yeah, and then I would be escorted out of the cab. Yeah. But anyways. Any housers. Yeah, this is the podcast. It's It's our own film school, as we've previously stated. And before we plug our socials. What? Malu, I have a, I have a little announcement. It's Ooh. really to you. <laughs> But you've chosen to do it publicly, so let's see. Yeah, I wanted to do it publicly only because this is a huge step in every single artist's life. Okay. Who hired you? Drinks drinks up, everybody, because hopefully you're drinking some type of beverage, whatever it may be. Yep. I got, I received my first rejection today oh. from a screenwriting contest. Oh, my God, Katie, congrats. Woo. That Woo. means I'm in the game, baby. She's in the That's game. That's right. Hell She's yeah. She's got her first rejection story for when Jimmy Fallon is interviewing her. That's fucking right. I'm writing it on a post-it note. I'm putting it in a little box in my closet, Woo. and I'm going to just continuously add to those as... The more I receive, but it got my re- it got me really excited more than it did get me down. Just because <laughs> it it means I'm finally in the game, and so uh, yeah. Anyway, that that's that's all of you as well listening in. 
trying to make it to wherever you are, don't get too down. Have a nice little sip of whiskey. Cheers it. And keep working hard, baby, because now you're playing. Now you're a player. Yeah. Think about how amazed people are going to be when you're in a talk show and you're talking about how many times the script got rejected. And I can't like, no wait. No way. No yeah. way. I know. I know. I can't wait to be a judge for this exact contest one day when I'm really bored and have nothing else to do. And you'll be like, I was actually rejected for this in my first try, but it built character. <laughs> yeah, when I want to pay, when I want to like a trip to one of the islands paid for. I'll be like, you know what? I guess I'll just judge one of these. They've been asking me for years. <laughs> <laughs> that was very that was very full of myself. But um, how so. fun would that be? Wouldn't that be a great situation that we all dream of to yes. get us through these kind of times? Yes, yes. of course. So anyway, that's my little announcement. On to socials. <laughs> On to socials. Socials. Um, just because we are also constantly being rejected by listeners who don't listen to us. Well, that's that's right. <laughs> That was really good. That no, was a I good. Didn't like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Go follow us. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> go go on Instagram. Go to at Film School Professionals. Follow us. Follow Katie. Follow myself. Comment. Yeah. Comment how much you love the movies we're doing and how much you hate our attitude. That's right. What else can they do, Katie? What's the other fun little thing they can do if they want to see us not get rejected by society and other oh. podcast platforms? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you should go on iTunes and leave us a review on oh. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you ch- mm-hmm. for choose to. Anywhere that you can leave a review for, review for us, please do. Please and thank you. Leave us and also, nice once again, please go watch my short film. It's a link in my bio, Katie Kometz, on Instagram. You'll find me from Film School Professionals after you hit follow. Yes. That is all. Beautiful. Thank you. Nice Thanks. Thanks. So if you're new to uh, class, this is kind of how it's going to go down. We just rambled for a little while. Always fun. (laughs) Always rambling. We are currently on our final episode of Quarantine Releases. Yay. So that's that's super awesome and fun. (laughs) Really good films. Check it out. So we're going to talk about the movie a little bit. See what's up. See what's bad. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to play a little game. And before we get into all that, Malu... Do you know, I, I feel like you're in New York now. You know what the yeah. weather's like, you know? I'm, I'm freezing, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm wearing shorts, but it's I'm cold. freezing. You know, I'm I'm always cold these <laughs> days. And so I feel like, I feel like, especially with the freezing rain that's coming tonight, Ooh. the ice needs to break a little bit, you know? Let's you're break up the ice. You're right. For safety reasons, the ice should be broken. Yeah, it should be broken. This is the icebreaker. Hey. Malu, yes. the question for you today is... Would you rather spend a winter or a summer in the 1920s? Funnily enough, this actually came up earlier today. No way. In a way, it came up. Today, I was in an Uber. There was snow on the ground. And the Uber remarked, he was a very nice dude, and he remarked about how he, whenever there was a lot of snow around, he would think about how like difficult driving must have been like in the 1920s. And he was like, yeah, I can't imagine, like, winters, like, in the 1920s and, like, how they dealt with them because, you know, they didn't have the technology we have today. The car's tires were, like, tiny, tiny. <laughs> were yay big. <laughs> yay big. There were horses all over still. Exactly. And the clothes were just plain uncomfortable, even for, especially for the winter. So yeah. that's actually an easy answer for me because I've already premeditatively thought about how horrible winters must have been in the 1920s. <laughs> wow. So... I will choose 
the summer. Bring me the Gatsby parties, but without, you know, Gatsby and Daisy. Do I do hate oh, I like do them? hate Daisy. Oh, I hate Daisy. Well, yeah, we all hate Daisy. She had someone called her a literary heroine one time, and I was like, shut the fuck up. She sucks. <laughs> did you even read the book? She's so, I'm sorry. She's so annoying. Did and she just, or I did she not her. drive into the person at of the end? Of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> <laughs> and Gatsby's just desperate. He really is. He's no. not a good okay. friend. Well I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he... Well, I'm sorry. No. He he does parties so that this girl will hopefully show up to one of them. A girl who, by the way, is married to a terrible, terrible man. Yeah. He's desperate. I don't know. I kind of root for Gatsby. I like him. I don't root for anybody in this book. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> so, yeah, Summer. I don't, I don't hate... I don't... I don't hate it too much. I really like the book. I don't know. I root for, I don't root for wrong. I like the book. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like the book. Yeah. I just don't root but, for, like, the main character. Like, I, I no, like I Gatsby that. girl and I like Daisy. But, like, I definitely, like, never root for Daisy. Like, most of her actions, I'm just like, God, Jesus, dude. God damn. No, I don't, I don't, I don't mind, uh, I don't mind Gatsby. Daisy's pretty annoying. But also... It's Fitzgerald just said does such a great job. I like. I feel like I still understand Daisy. Like I'm like you're still stupid, but also I kind of get it. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I still get it, sucks. but I don't support it. We should cover the Gatsby movie sometime. <laughs> I the first one bores it. the shit out of me, and the second one I'm very against. So I yeah, I haven't uh, maybe, seen either one. Maybe my attitude will change, but I bet it's even worse now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've kept away from them. Um. All right. Anyways, uh, what would I do? So yeah. I mean, this is pretty tough because if you were rich, the winters weren't that bad because you were constantly surrounded by a fire or other warm things. But if you were poor, then you were, you know, you were cold the whole time and probably got sick and died. Mm-hmm. So in the summer, everyone is just struggling. I think, uh, I mean, I never have a straight answer for literally any of these questions that I write you myself. You make them up, yeah. But I would say if I were rich, the... <sighs> oh my God, Katie, is that one or the other answer? It's not like... I know, if I just hate, I hate being hot, Malibu. I can't sleep. I want to be able to sleep like all summer. But so, you can use a fan. They had fans. They had fans, but like still, like that's not enough. My AC has not worked sometimes, and I wanted to die. I would, I, I would still choose a summer, though. You're right, because then you know what I would do? I would just fucking drive up north or something, hike or get on up a north, lake or whatever, whatever it is. I would go somewhere that's colder, slightly, for the summer. So I would, I would choose the summer. And you're gonna wear cuter outfits in the summer, anyways. Yeah, and I, um, oh yeah, fuck, fuck the outfits. I'll go naked. They can put me. Oh. Okay. And they um, can put me away. Throw me away. I was about to say, like, in the 1920s, going around naked? Yeah, no, they put you away instantly. Yeah, no, that's why I'll go to a remote northern, like, island off of Maine, of off course. the coast of Maine, find some Scottish men, Hottie. and we'll all be naked together for a while for the oh, summer. It's, it's many Scottish Not men. Not sexually, mind you. Just, you know, <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Not sexually, mind you. Unless it led to that, you know. With many of them? I don't, not may, maybe not all of them, you know, but <laughs> like, you know, depend, it depends on the mood, the vibe, what's going on, <laughs> who are you, do you, do I care for you, do I not care for you, you know, I like do you bring me cold water open. on hot days? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're keeping your options open with the Scottish like, men. Yeah, I respect I'm not going to close myself off like that. Of course, of course. Sexuality is too free for that shit, That's you all. know? Okay. 
That's not who's who's I here. Don't. Who's ready to party? All right. Anyway, I don't know why I keep talking. I oh, just here. Just just we've right. ended up in a an interesting alleyway of information about I Katie. Think <laughs> this is a very informative intro. Learned a lot <laughs> about Katie in the today. last 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm gonna have you take the movie intro and and just go with that. I, no. I said last time I would do it. <laughs> But um, I feel like I've already talked too much, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take it. You know what? I'll I'll gladly do that, so we can all process the information about you and Scottish men. We don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Well, go ahead. Don't think of the Scottish men while you're doing it, though. I've already been. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, kitty cat. All right. Fine. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is the movie we are doing today, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between. Woo, woo, woo. It is a 2020 drama directed by George C. Wolfe and written by Ruben Santiago Hudson, based on the play of the same name by August Wilson. Malu, did you like how I said Santiago? I loved it. I'm very impressed by you. Thank you. I found a, a new wave of confidence, and I don't know where it's come from. I support it. I support specifically it. with saying like anything of... Um, Maybe it's just because I started watching Jane the Virgin again. That actually could have been it. I yes, facepalm that shit. All right, the film is all about a difficult recording session in the 1920s for the iconic blues singer Ma Rainey and her band. It stars Viola Davis as Ma Rainey, Chadwick Boseman in his last performance as Levy Green, Coleman uh, Domingo, right? Yeah, yeah, Domingo as Cutler, Glenn Turman as Toledo. Michael Potts, Taylor Page as Dussie May. Dussie? Dussie. Oh. Dussie. Oh, my God. It's Dussie. Oh, um, wait, wait. Give me a second. Michael Potts is? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Slow drag. I'm so sorry. Forgot to put the name of the character. Slow drag. Michael Potts as slow drag. Taylor Page is Dussie May. This is why I never add those little characters. I just throw their names in a bucket and choose. I like adding the characters. Gives me a face to the name. Okay. Jeremy Shamos as Irvin and Johnny Cayonne. Right? Coyone, I think. Coyone? I don't know. We should really look this up. Every, guys, okay, wait, wait. Johnny as uh, Mel, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. How do you say that? Oh, that was such a difficult name in the movie. Um, Sturdy Band. Sure. That Sturdy one. Band. Um, just so everybody knows, when um, we absolutely butcher in every <laughs> single episode, we Butcher everyone's names every single week. Adorable. Gabe, our wonderful producer and editor, texts us and say, "Guys, it's pronounced like this." <laughs> I think last last week was Wonder Woman, right? We pronounced all of them correctly. No, it's well, you did. I kept I kept correcting you and saying it's Gal Gadot when it's Gal Gadot, and you were right. And I'm. I yeah. felt like a fucking fool. I knew I was right. And I right. was also extra mad because you were right about it, so. And I kept telling you, like, I know I'm right about that one. You were a little iffy. I, I, I re-listened to it. You were still a little iffy. Because you know that Gal Gadot just sounds so much so much smoother. Yeah. But Gal Gadot is the truth, and I, I will stand by that from here on out. Now it's I'll never okay, forget it. But it's it. not, though. It's Gal Gadot. What? It's Gal Gadot. I just said that. You just, what are you doing? Are you what playing are you mind doing? games with me? <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. And with that, Gabe. And with another segment of Malu messing with Katie. Hit the trailer. A one, a two, a you know what to do. This would be an empty world without the blues. 
I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. <laughs> Where's the, uh, the horn player? I got a friend. Come on, Levy. You rehearse like everybody else. I'm going to get me a band and make me some records. I know how to play real music, not this jug band shit. You call that playing music? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Go on and find me, I don't care. When I got there, they began to say. That's to get the people's attention. That's when you and Slow Drag come in with the rhythm part. Me and Cutler play on the break. The sooner you understand it, and what you say is what my say to count. <laughs> we'll be ready to go in 15 minutes. We'll be ready to go when Madam says we're ready to go, and that's the way it go around here. These records are gonna be hits. Please come home to me. Every colored man in the world got to do his part. I'm gonna tell the white man just what he can do. They don't care nothing about me. All they want is my voice. About them songs I give you. They're not the right songs. That'll take them off your hands for you. I got my time coming to me. Hey! You don't know nothing about what kind of blood I got, what kind of heart I got beat here. And that was the trailer for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom class. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed the movie, because guess what? Not surprised to anybody, it was fucking amazing. It was very good. And I also, I really usually don't like movies that are based on plays. They always end up being very pretentious. And yet this one was not. It was very well done. It was so good. It was so... I still have my nitpicks, though. Oh, okay. I'm eager to hear them. Um, It's it's all, like, filmmaking ones, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say it's the type of movie that I just, like... I I usually talk during movies. Like, I'll do commentary on my own, do it for during movies, just because, you know, I'm like that. Sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm just built like that. But this is the type of movie where like I'll definitely like I won't talk for the whole hour and a half of the movie because I'm just stunned by everything. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. So I yeah, it was that. definitely the the speechless type of movie. It was fucking amazing. Oh, was that all? Yeah, it was just all just, oh, <laughs> as I yeah. was saying. Yeah, that 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 was it was good. We're <laughs> 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 no, really on our A game today. I know. I'm really like on a. I don't know what what it is. I think. Well, the thing is, I had pasta for dinner, and that's all sugar, carbs. You know. Yeah. So I think it really kind of like woke me up because all day I was really like, just dragging through work. I was very half asleep. Then okay. I came home had some pasta. And now I'm like, bam. Okay, we're recording. <laughs> I have meetings. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. What are we What are we talking about here? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just dive right into it. I, I had very similar experiences overall, in, in the regards of you were just kind of sitting on the couch, stunned for a lot of it. Yeah, it didn't draw me in as much as um, visually as Sound of Metal did. I remember when I was like, I I could not move. I could not even fold laundry. Sure. It was still very similar to that. I, I would not be able to fold laundry during this movie either. <laughs> but 
That's the yes. measure for success. Can Katie fold laundry during the movie? Yeah, you're right. The answer is no. Would you like to? Would you like to bring anything up first? The first thing I want to bring up is just, oh my god, the sound editing. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. Hell. That movie was. I, I feel like there wasn't any quiet in that movie, and there were parts where I wouldn't even notice there was sound because that's just how well integrated it was. It like was. Ma Rainey's speech when she's talking to Cutler. And she's talking about the fact that she can't have quiet, like she always needs music playing. And she's sort of like, for the first time in the movie, we actually get to see why she behaves the way she does. I was stunned. I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. I was just like visually, auditorily, I was just fully attached to the movie and what was happening. And I think the sound editing was a big part of it. Like it was just such wonderful, wonderful sound editing. Yeah. No, I'd have to agree. I think that the thing that I noticed most was... The relationship musically between Chadwick's emotions mm-hmm. and what we were hearing. And so um, what stood out to me the most was the drums playing every time he started getting flustered Ooh. and angry. That was That's what stood out to me the most when it came to the connection. Okay. <laughs> it reminds me of just the fact that, like, I, I didn't really notice until we were closer to the end of the movie. Um, Like, it didn't come to my attention, I mean. The fact that we were only in two places ever throughout the whole movie— we were only ever in two rooms. That's it. That's the entirety of the film. And it's just one and building if you think about it. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? I love One Location Place. I think One Location Place are... I know there's like a proper name for it with movies as well, but like because this was based in a play, I'll say place. But I fucking love them because I think it's always such a task to create so much action in a single space. Like yes. to be so dynamic. And yet stay within, like, the same location yeah. is such a task. And I think this movie and the, the play, I mean, I don't know the actual play, but the movie does it spectacularly so yeah. well. I, I, I also agree. I think the the highest point of writing is to be able to write a play. Because the, <laughs> what no one really realizes is because you always have to write a play in, in very, very limited settings. Like, mm-hmm. I think most playwrights really strive for, like, one room. At least maybe that's only a specific type, but I know a lot of like good ones and everyone, anyone, anything that's really highly regarded as a player, any, any play I've personally seen as well has always taken place in one or two sets. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if you that, have more, it's is... because you know you can do a bigger production or you're a musical. Yeah, exactly. The truth. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that, that's, that's something that like I was so intertwined with the story and the rest of the experience of the film that I didn't even realize that. This is all only taking place in the two settings. Uh, it, I didn't realize it until I think it was when What's-His-Face is telling a story. I don't remember who it is. It's the older guy telling the story of someone else. Oh, Toledo. Yes. I love Toledo. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it until then because I suddenly realized how the two different moods of the room, the rooms, mm-hmm. were so like uh in contrast of one another and i also really like just how they portrayed having music being available in one room versus they're not really using it too much in the other one and they're just talking (laughs) when music was very active in the scene all everyone's problems disappeared they were all smiling they were all like one like unit you know everyone like the mood was completely different as soon as music started playing like they started you know i mean and i really like that i think that's really cool like all the problems just suddenly disappeared when music came about and then as soon as it stopped like the second it stopped they came (laughs) right back up and i think that's that was a really interesting 
Dichotomy. I just really, a fancy word. I lo- I always make fun of. Yeah, dichotomy. It's such a like academic yeah, word. It always makes me laugh because it sounds stupid, but I know that a lot of people use it, and it makes sense when it's used. It's just yeah. a word. Dichotomy. It just sounds so pretentious. I love it. <laughs> I love those kind of words. Oh yeah. But also, um, I think that I feel like the recording studio was Ma's territory, and oh. then the practice basement area was Chad's territory, and they showed that it was so interesting when. Levy, Chadwick's character, would go upstairs and try to make it his territory and just to see Ma Rainey slash Viola Davis completely dominate the scene. It was so yeah. incredible. Like, I, I fully agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, upstairs was Ma's territory and she made it known. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ooh, I love her. Exactly. She chills. And that's why he needed to, like, he needed to be so dominant when... When he was downstairs, you know, yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, and I think they portray that in every way that a man would typically portray power <laughs> um, through murder and sex <laughs> and anger. You have your basics, and, murder and sex. Yeah, and meanwhile, uh, Ma's like, portrayal of power was more like stubbornness. I want to say stubbornness. She, stubbornness. Was, she was just, she was just. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it comes off as stubbornness because we're taught to think that that type of attitude is stubbornness. Oh, but- I completely agree with all of it. There was no wrong, like, right? no wrong choices. I'm just saying, like, that's how, like, <laughs> it was supposed to come off as that, though. Yeah, it's like a strong, um, a strong demanding of sorts. Um, exactly. And stubbornness. But, I mean, in a fucking righteous way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There, she didn't make any wrong choices. Like, everything was... Yeah. Right? When she it talks about crazy. it. Like, when she fully yeah. explains her situation, like, you kind of realize, like... I love that It scene. sort of crumbles your expectation and your idea of, like, oh, my God, she's such a difficult person to work with. And when she actually says it, you're like, oh, my God, I've been conditioned to think mm-hmm. that she's a difficult person to work with. But when you actually, like, listen to her, it's like, no, she's not. She's yeah. just... She's... She just, she's been fucked over so many times, probably, that she knows what she's doing. And I don't know Ma Rainey's, like, real-life history... But, like, from what the movie portrays, it does come off as, like, she's been through shit and she knows why they treat her the way she does. So she might, like, she might as well be treated the way she deserves to be treated. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my gosh. She was so, I, I, I loved her. And I love that she was yeah. never meant to be portrayed as, like, oh, she's just a bitch, you know? No. Oh, no, 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 no. So yeah. No, I, so, so Viola good. Davis fucking kicked it out of the field park, whatever the term is. I don't know sports, oh, the but park. it was- Hit it out of the park. Hit it, it out I of don't the park. Know. I don't or, know where you got the where you got the kick or field from. Because that feels more aggressive to me, kicking rather than <laughs> okay with a baseball bat. <laughs> One really comes from your body and position. I feel like they both come from your body, but okay. Yeah, I know. I know that was a completely inaccurate <laughs> representation of both. The, all right. Anyway, Katie knows a lot about sports. Yay! Yep. Sports ball. <laughs> So yeah, oh. Viola Davis, A one, so top notch, really great scenery. Like we said, um, actually, we I, this would be a really good time for me to point out my, my nitpicks of oh. the filmmaking part. Okay, yeah, sure. Bring up bring up the nitpicks. I have some other good stuff to say about it, so I'll soften the blow of your nitpicks afterwards. <laughs> great, they're not too harsh. It's I I don't like movies recently um, <laughs> that Yikes. look as new as they are. Okay. I oh. hate the style. I we have, hate the we new have a, We have a purist style. amongst our yeah. midst. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like the new style. I mean, not like visually speaking with like the cameras that they're using and nothing like that, like uh, all about the that crisp image, but <laughs> I don't like the style that they're using. I think it all looks too fake for me. It all looks too 
like when I say 4K, I don't mean like technically speaking 4K, but I mean like, ooh, it looks so smooth and great and oh, blah. Yeah, there's just no grain to it. Is that what you mean? Yeah. It, it's They don't even try to pretend that they're in the time period of whatever they want it to be. And I think my my favorite visualization of this or comparison, visual comparison of this is probably just because I've seen it somewhat recently is in The Godfather 2. Have you seen The Godfather 2? I have not seen The Godfather 2, so please don't spoil anything. Well, it's really like just just think of like any film that's taken or even the Titanic was just on last night as well. Um, I haven't seen Titanic either. That <laughs> when they when they show a time period that is sometime in the early 1900s. Yeah. Especially oh actually I just found out that was in New York. Anyway, anytime that was that was that was early on like that, I feel like of course, it was naturally like the the time period of which it was the film was made in as well, the, the style that they use. But it doesn't look fake. It looks like they like time traveled back to the 1900s and they had enough. They had a really, really hot, great set for it and that they made and all of the right props and enough of a of a um, what's it called? enough extras to really make the population part of that look because I feel like when I think of 1900s New York or or any city at all I think of just very crowded like all cities were just so fucking crowded and combobulated and all this shit and I feel like when I watched this movie last night and I saw any outside portion of the film it didn't look like that and also just the way that it was filmed itself it it all looked so new and so fake and I didn't like that. I want to be transported. And I brought up The Godfather 2 because I've seen that recently when they show, I think his name is Vito, Vito's past, when he comes over to America and stuff and, and how he made his life here and stuff. And um, it doesn't look like how this time period is portrayed, which is 1927. And it's uh, they, they do show that time period in, in that one, in The Godfather as well. And I don't like it. I don't like how it looks new. I don't like it that it. They're like, oh look, can you tell we filmed this on a back lot and uh, we hired a few as just few extras as we can and we use the top cameras that are out right now and all of this garbageness and I I don't like the fact that it looks fucking new. That's my whole long spiel. Long story short, I don't like that it looks new. I'm gonna take a gander and say that. Your issue with the new is how the fact that they use CG for the outside scenes. Because they do yes, use CG yes, for the outside fuck. scenes. I feel like that's what bothered you. Thank and then you. it carried on through every other scene outside that didn't use CG. Thank you. That's it. And that's something I like the I CG. Knew it, was it wasn't fake. as bad as other CG is. I thought it was okay. And it I was hate like that. But here's the thing the CG went with the style of the movie, particularly the beginning style, and that's that's also another thing. Like the beginning had a very strong editing style. Especially with like, it reminded me a little bit of like Moulin Rouge and Romeo plus Juliet of like a very fast paced editing with just like images here and there of, you know, the music showing you uh, Ma and her performances. And then you have this shot of, you know, New York City and the, the band going into the studio to film or to record. And then after that, you never see that again because everything else takes place in the studio. Everything else doesn't really need, you know, CG doesn't no, yeah, need that, a crew. That's practical. Doesn't right. exactly like all of that inside is practical, so it makes you feel like the movie is fully practical. Yeah, um, but that's and then why the beginning the is completely different. 
I, that's why I don't like it, though. Um, okay. And I wish you cut me off earlier and said that it was CGI because then my <laughs> brain would have clicked. The light bulb would have went on and I wouldn't like, have oh, right. explained the same things over and over again. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I hate CGI. Only use it when you fucking have to. That's probably why I love Greta Gerwig so much because she doesn't. <laughs> she's like, let's go practical as much as we can. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Greta Gerwig has not made movies where CG has been necessary. Like, there's not a point in, like, you could film no. Little Women. And she will. On, and I, yeah, I'll exactly. support it. But it won't look as bad as as random CGI like this does. That's and the I, thing. I think the Malibu CG was fine because so it easy. fit the style, the style of previously shown images. Like, that's the thing. The CG followed the rest of the style in the movie so I can appreciate it because it feels like it wasn't just CG for the sake of CG. It was CG for the sake of like, oh, let's follow with the rest of the style while we're showing New York City in the 1920, in 1927. So I'll allow it. As far as I go, bang okay. for that one. Well, I'm Good glad you support it. I as still don't. Goes, and I think no it was support. Chicago. What? Wasn't it Chicago? I think it's... Let me check. Let me check on that, but I'm pretty sure it's New York. I wanted it to be in New York, but I thought oh, in no, the film you're correct. they had... It is in Chicago. I yeah, am, yeah. I'm so sorry, ladies Levy, and gents. It's in Chicago. Levy mentions it when he's talking about, like, oh, everyone in the big oh, city. you're right. He's talking about Chicago. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't know so, why I thought New York. small detail that I actually remembered. All right. Anyways, that, that's all. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. That was, that was my only nitpick. It's a fair nitpick. It's a fair nitpick. The I don't CG like CGI. is, is uh, frowned upon a lot of times. Yeah, make it and real or don't. However, you know what was really good in the movie? Hmm. And this is something that I realized was good because I, halfway through the movie, without knowing the fact that this was based on a play, I could tell that it was based on a play. Yes. And it's because both the both the screenwriter, Ruben Santiago Hudson, and the director, George C. Wolfe, I feel like they must have worked really hard in making sure that the staging of everything felt mm -hmm. like it could be on a stage. Like the dynamic of everything, of every single scene... The blocking of the scenes, the way the editing yes. went, the way that the actors like vibed off each other so well, and the way the script was written to be like very like you know line here, line there, line here, line there, just super rhythmic. You could tell that it was based on a play just by like how all of For those sure. things click together, and I think they did a beautiful job. Not enough movies properly do an adaptation of something on the stage to something on the screen and still manage to like keep the essence of what happens on a stage. And I think that's just a 10 out of 10 for me for this movie. Yeah. So good. I really appreciate the blocking of mm -hmm. it, especially. I think that was one of my favorite parts is the blocking of it and how they intertwine the camera with the choreography of their Ooh. blocking. It was hot. It was sexy as hell. It, it really was, was so well done. Also, wait, speaking of sexy as hell, real quick, the sex scene, my roommate and I were watching this, and we were oh, like, God. what now? They're not trying to be discreet at all, doing it on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, make, you, you cannot make it louder, which I get it. I understand the symbolic reference of it, but I don't, I, I think it was funny. As a, I mean, also little. Levy just being a complete arrogant dick. That, yeah, like, it's just the power, that's all. Which just I gotta say, me. I've never... This was my first role or my first time seeing Chadwick Boseman as like a very arrogant sort of, you he know, did it fantastic immature boy. And yeah. he was like his character was supposed to be 30, which just even shows you how much more immature he is. Yeah, he says like I'm a 30, I'm a 30 something year old guy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Right. But you feel like he's way younger because, well, because he's just so immature. He just behaves yeah, like a very time. like immature 20 year old. And I just, mm -hmm. I, I loved it. I 
I really can't believe that he, he passed. And I just feel like this was such a banging performance to go out on. Yes, um, agreed. And it's so amazing that, like, he just pulled through it and, you know, did so fucking great on it. I just... Yeah. I, uh, I was just so entranced with him. Like, every single scene with him, I was just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, I've never yeah. seen him like this, and I can't believe it's him. And then, like, when he got really, really angry and he would be, like, talking about his past, and you could see, like, the small twitches on his face because the camera would go really close on him. And, like, you could see this very natural twitches all along, like, his side and his cheeks. Mm -hmm. And I was just so in awe of him. It was amazing to watch. It was so, so beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> no, he was stunning. He was absolutely stunning in this. Rant of the, rant, rant of the day about Chadwick Boseman. I just, I just <laughs> thought that's what just happened. I'm, yeah. I, yeah. He was, he blew my mind. I think he and trans, him and Mom really in trans. I mean, everyone was great, but, but their yeah, monologues. Mom. Him were... and Viola Davis really just took the fucking cake here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. so glad they're both nominated. Oh Me too. man, yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. deserved it. Oh, I I do love the two of them, but my favorite character was Toledo, <laughs> just because like I I loved him. He was so funny, he which is cute. why I was yeah, he was adorable. Which is why like you know the ending was very sad when he gets stabbed. However, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, you know, spoiler. By I mean, the way, I'm sorry. He's dead. We say this in every episode that in the Instagram so caption. There's spoilers. Duh. But here's the thing. The masterful thing about that whole scene was the fact that, okay, you know that, like, the if you show a weapon, you have to use it law in, yeah. in film class. If you don't know about it, it's essentially just, it's, it's what the name is. It's if you show a weapon at any point in your movie, it has to come back, it's, or in your script, it has to come back eventually. You can't just show a dangerous weapon and then just never bring it up again, because that's just, like, a very loaded threat just hanging in the air that you just leave there for the audience to feel comfortable by. Right. And this movie slash, you know, play, because I'm guessing the play ends just the same, does this very well. Because you do see Levy pull the knife at one point when he's, you know, he's mocking uh, Cutler about his god mm, and he's threatening yeah. him and he's being very aggressive because he's all over the place with his emotions. Yeah. But he never uses it. So it's like, where did that knife go? And then as soon as, as soon as the shoe thing happened with Toledo, I was like, ah, oh, Toledo's getting stabbed, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, it was really sad. It was um, really sad, but also just powerful from the point of view of, like, what had pre... Like, okay, yes. just, like, the entire, like, race-power dynamic that was presented yeah, was just presented I very was well. bring that up. Yeah. Right? Because, like, that... Like, the whole idea of, like, you know, the the white guy, first of all, stealing from Chabby Boseman's mm -hmm. character because, you know, white people have, like, all the power as far as, like, who could get published, recorded, released, mm -hmm. anything... <laughs> Yeah. Back then. So if you were a person of color, it was insanely hard to do so. It's still like it's still an issue today. And then to see like that power dynamic where he was willing to do anything for this producer and to then just get rejected like that, to get downgraded like that. And then not being able to take your anger out on him because, you know, because he knew that if he took his anger out on the white producer, it would become an even bigger issue. And that anger being channeled through violence towards somebody else who was a friend of his. Such yeah. a powerful message. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. That's that's what I left it with too. It was insane. And I also again to bring up the contrast between Viola's character and and him. Mm -hmm. They just purely contradict each other the whole film on right. how they handle that that race power dynamic, and mm -hmm. it's very interesting. I, I think it's so well well done. I really like yeah. that Viola did. Like uh, Ma also sort of brings up so many important points about like record labels and the, mm -hmm. the sort of like the laws of production and all that 
Yeah. Specifically with like when she's talking to Cutler and she sort of explains. And even at the end when she's she's trying to get the money for her nephew, Irvin. And she starts just sort of explaining the fact that like, I'm nothing to these people. I know I'm nothing to these people. Like, I'm a black woman. They could give two shits about me. Right. So she right. knows that like her only power is the talents that they couldn't find anywhere else. And that she knows that they're exploiting She's like, if you're going to try and exploit me, at least I'm going to try and exploit you right back for the things that I'm right. worth and that I'm owned. Yeah. Owed. Oh, that's the word. So I just love those scenes of like, you know, her being like, get me my Cokes. You know, you have to get me my Cokes before recording. Um, insisting that her nephew was going to do the opening of the song and just being like, Irvin's going to fucking do it. And I'm not singing until he does. And then at the end with the... Um, Oh, I forgot what it was that she has to sign, but it's essentially just like for the release of the the record, she has to sign some papers as far as uh, copyright, I think. And the fact that she won't budge until her nephew gets paid what he's owed. And I just, I love it. I love how powerful she was and how sure of herself she was yeah. as far as like standing up to the producers. So good. And also like to further the contradiction between her character and Chadwick, mm. was was that part of it as well? Like he is this very eager the world is mine i will be in power one day meanwhile ma is very um knowledgeable of you know the times and where she is and how she's looked at upon and with these people and stuff like that and very knowing so she uses it to her as much as an advantage as she could to balance it out just like you said you know what i mean exploiting right back and things like that yeah and i think that that shows a lot and i think that that carries out through the entirety of the play as well and that's kind of what happens at the end that's why the anger is taken out here and i don't know it just says a, it's, it's a lot you know yeah, no, for, it's so for cool sure, it's so well written it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> oh and now that, now that you say the whole like you know how she was looked at i also forgot that she's also a lesbian i mean I'm what? Just a... i didn't know that wait wait when did that happen what i'm sorry did you not see that scene with desi may <laughs> no what are Katie, you talking when about? they're in the recording studio and Viola Davis, Ma, takes Taylor Page, Desi May, and she's hugging her from behind and she's like kissing her neck and shit. What? No, Katie, I there's a all whole of scene of her like hugging her and shit. And what the Ma hell was I tells doing? Cutler, Ma tells Cutler, like, tell Levy to stop looking in the wrong direction because he well, knows that's why she's... she was. Oh. Yeah, because they're not related. Like, Irvin is related oh. to Ma, but. Dusty oh. May is Ma's, like, technically, I guess, her lover. I don't know if she was a lesbian. I know that she was definitely, like, into Dusty May. Yeah. So definitely, like, part of the LGBTQ community, which also looked down upon in the 1920s. Right. Even though there right. was a lot of, you know, that going around, like, you know, of just looked down upon relationships going around at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, historically, wow. I'm not entirely sure. Missed that detail. Yeah, Missed but it was. That de- I must have peed or something. It was, oh my God, Katie. I don't know. I don't, I just don't remember that at all. And she sings in her ear and stuff. Yeah, I must have went to the bathroom. Katie, you bossed the movie. I know. Holy moly. I always do this, Mallow. I always miss a key detail. Yeah, and this is a key key. Then that really, it it really like sets out the relationship between Ma and and, uh, Levy and the fact that he keeps going for Ma's girl. Yeah, no, that that's why I, I didn't really totally... I thought she just hated him because of his attitude, but that way it makes way more sense now. Right? Cool. Well, thank you for the knowledge. <laughs> of course, which is, I mean, the movie could have given you that. <laughs> I know. Uh, 
but yeah, it's it's just another detail of like Ma being in this position of you know, yeah, like if she didn't know how to leverage her power, she would be destroyed in that society because of all those For things sure. and like yeah, the fact that she manages to use everything to her advantage is incredible, but also just alarming. Because of the fact that she has to go to those lengths to be respected. Like, she has to essentially manipulate people yeah. so that she won't get fucked over. And, that, like, that's so horrible. It's awful. It is. That yeah, she can't just be an artist without having to, like, constantly be thinking 20 steps ahead to, like, how am I going to make sure that I get what's due for me? Like, right. it's it, it's incredible to watch because it's insanely powerful. But it's also very, like, alarming to have to know that, like, that was the only way that a woman like her could get respect in those it times. Is. And also, the man, like, um, you know, Cutler talks about the fact that he asks for cash. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't give me a check because it's hard to cash in a check. And then they think I stole it because, you know, prejudice and racism. Right. And the fact that, like, you also get to see that. It's like, you know, these fucking hardworking musicians who, like, put in the work. And they ask for a very simple thing and there's a chance that they won't get it and they can't even say anything about it because they're not in Ma's position. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good portrayal of power, but at the same time it was really scary to see like that power is necessary because of an imbalance in power between, you know, races and gender and sexes. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was, it's shattering. It really is. Fucking ending. God, that ending makes me sad. And That's what holds the power oh, in you still, oh, no. though. I know. But I like, love I, it. I like that at the end, they portray, like... So, class, at the end, just to recap, in case you forgot, you know, the end of the movie is Levy's song is being sung by a white artist. So, you know, the owner of the records, he essentially, quote-unquote, bought Levy's song, but the real term is stole, because he did. That is correct. Um, he gives him yes. money, but honestly, he doesn't even let Levy get it in a word as, as far as, like, do I want to sell them to you or not? And he was going to use them anyways, and we all know it, because he's a shit dude. But, yeah, a white artist is performing it with a huge band, and it's the same recording room as we've seen throughout the entire movie. But what's really beautiful is the fact that it's super stale. The scene looks stale. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. It looks awful, and there's this huge band, and they're making essentially, like trying to make something as big and grandiose as like the music that's been made there by Ma previously in the movie. Yeah, with only like five, six people. Exactly. Yeah, and they have a whole ass band. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Suck. Yeah. Like I love that it didn't even sound as good as Oh my god, nowhere four near people. as good. Yeah. It was it was oh mm. it made me uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> right? Because it sounded so bad and like sad and dreary. It was like, ugh, yeah. you have a whole band and you guys still sound like this? And the the guy <laughs> playing the trumpet obviously was not as good. Oh, it's true, yeah. You were missing, like, you know, the life, like, the spirit of the music, which is also something, you know, Viola Davis points out of, like, you know, like, the blues have been around. And, you know, when she's talking about music and about, you know, the relationship of the music to, like, black communities and how she stands for it and how, you know, white people were essentially just buying into it. And it was like, eh, well, you got to do what you got to do. It's true, yeah. So good. So, so good. It was. It was really, ins- very insanely good. So, with that, any final any final thoughts? I can't wait to see Viola Davis do her acceptance speech for everyone yes. she wins. Yes! <laughs> Me too! Because if she doesn't win, I'll be upset. Oh, I will be boy. insanely upset. Because this was like, she didn't even have that much screen time and she fucking killed it. Yeah, she didn't need it. 
It was exactly wonderful. <laughs> How about you, Katie? Any final um, thoughts? Yeah, no, I don't have any other final thoughts either. We, you, you kind of summed it up perfectly through the last like ten minutes <laughs> for me. So I'm so glad you you were able to. You brought up that point, though. Yeah, that was, I'm sorry, that, was, that, that was my biggest movie. takeaway from the film is the power, the racial power um, dynamic, and it was amazing. terrible. Yeah. Very sickening. It made me literally feel ill inside. So right? love those kind of uh, stories. <laughs> love those I was like going to sleep after that. Mm. <laughs> mm. <Yep>. So, <laughs> Nalu, I believe it's the game time. Oh, you know it is. Gabe, play the game music. It's time for Katie to lose or maybe win. Who knows? She did surprise us last week with a solid yeah, win. I did. During the Wonder Woman episode. Woo! Um, so let's see. Because the movie is about the blues and, a, you know, icon of blues music, Ma Rainey, I thought we would do a trivia about some yeah. other blues legends and um, their achievements. All right. Hell yeah. Let's freaking go. Also, this was a huge learning experience for me because I don't know that much of a blues artist. So this was honestly fun. neither do I. And I really love I really love blues music though. Because I've, I've always really loved it, but I don't know um, too much about it. So I'm this is a learning experience for both of us. Yay, learning! So, so question number one. Let's go. The first commercial recording of blues, Crazy Blues, the song Crazy Blues was recorded by which songstress? Option number one, Mammy Smith. Option number two, Ma Rainey. Or option number three, Bessie Smith. Ooh, I just really like the name Bessie. I'm gonna go with Bessie Smith. Oh, Katie, I wish your instincts had helped you, but no, it was actually oh, Mammy Smith. And, that was, and did you feel it? I didn't even think about that one. I was like, ooh, I'm just gonna go with that one. Yeah, I really like that you just <laughs> instinctively went for something, did not give it any thought. This is new for you. I really, as soon as, yeah, no, I was like, ooh, I really like that name. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Damn. I like the confidence, though. So it was Mammy Smith? Mammy Smith, yeah. Okay. All right. I should play the song. Gabe, <laughs> can you play a little bit of the song? Pretend that we're listening to it and oh yeah, swaying to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see if Katie can redeem herself with question number two. So, which blues artist was discovered in prison? Honey Hush, Lead Belly, or Albert King? Some fun names there. All right. Well, the thing is, is that I feel like it has to be a nickname. Okay. I feel like the artist is if he's in if he was discovered in prison, the odds of him having some type of nickname of any kind are high. Um cuz most people had nicknames back then anyways, and especially <laughs> anyone who went to prison, I feel like did. Like uh, of themselves, like you know, either them or their friends made and that's what they were called. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watched um Oh my god, what's the Morgan Freeman movie in prison? Shaw, um, Shawshank, maybe it's because I watched Shawshank yeah. recently. Thank you, my brain is gone. You're um, all right, so we got uh, Honey Hush, Lead Belly, Lead Belly, and Albert King. Oh, 
Oh, these are all good. And these are all actual blues artists, right? Yes, I did not make up people. That's good. Um, I'm between Honey Hush and Albert King, even though I made the whole nickname thing already. Um, I do like the name Albert King a lot. Uh, of course. Maybe, maybe I'm just totally, maybe that's the reason that you put that in there, because that's the only one without the nickname, and you would think that I thought that. Once again, Katie reenacts in her own way the scene from The Princess Bride where, um, I forget his name, but in the movie he's called Vizini, he goes through an entire interrogation just essentially trying to guess. Um, I just completely butchered that entire scene. I'm trying to think of what happens and I'm trying to say how... I'm trying of how to... Okay, I'm not even going to try and talk I'm sorry, I'm going to go with Lead Belly. Very good, Katie. You're <gasps> correct. It oh is Lead Belly. Yes. You did See? it, Katie. Woo. That's it. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Very good. I did it. All right. Let's see if I can do it <laughs> one more time. Let's see if Katie can redeem herself and actually win this game with a two out of three. Katie, yeah. who wrote the first blues song with the word blues on it? Oh. The song is called Memphis Blues. Ooh. Is it Green Onions? Robert Leroy Johnson, or W.C. Handy? Robert Leroy Johnson? <sighs> Fuck. You lost the game, Katie. <sighs> it is W.C. Handy. Damn. That <laughs> sucks. All right. It does suck, but you tried, and I appreciate that. I did. Memphis Blues. I know that song, too. W.C. Handy, okay. <laughs> you just didn't know the artist. It's so fine. now, if I'm ever in it. Malu, this maybe just goes back to what I said in the beginning of the episode. Maybe you're actually training me. So that when Taxi Cab makes a comeback <laughs> and I accidentally somehow stumble into one, uh -huh. I'll do better. That's exactly it, yeah. So I mentioned in life. That's it. <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> Who blabbed? Well, um, this has been a wonderful episode. This is the finale. I want to say final, but then final I went with finale. Countdown. This is the finale of the quarantine releases. Uh, quarantine. Portion of the podcast. <laughs> Next week. We will have a guest episode. Ooh, with a surprise topic. So keep tuned in our Instagram, After Home School yes. Professionals, to find out what episodes we're doing for next week. And go leave us a review on yeah. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, do that. Do Ooh. that. Do that. And also go watch my short film. It's go linked on Katie's YouTube. Also, just Google Katie. Not Google. Just go on YouTube and do Katie yeah. comments. Uh, I don't know what will happen on Google. But YouTube, you'll definitely find me. <laughs> <laughs> go do that this instant thank you very yeah, much yeah exactly so guys we will as always see you in class next Wednesday keep watching movies goodbye incredible one of the worst performances of my career and they never doubted it for a second Oh, this has taken a weird turn but yep thank you for the Spanish <laughs> I'm sorry you guys had to listen to more than 20 minutes <laughs> yeah Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. I've gotten worse. It's okay. I once got a, uh, it was a 20. I got a 20% on my one of my physics exams in college. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, in, and it was worth like 20% of my grade.
and it was a tw- it was a ten question multiple choice test. I don't want to hear about your tragedy anymore. So you couldn't even show your work to get it right. No, no, you couldn't. It was just you're right or wrong, and that's fucking it. And if that's you use awful. the wrong goddamn formula that uses the same variables anyway, you'll get it wrong. 